Our national parks are magnificent. Two of my favorites are Arches and Bryce Canyon, both in Utah. The stone formations in Arches National Park are 65 million years in the making. The longest arch has an opening of 300 feet, and the tallest arch has an opening of 100 feet. And as you hike up to these immense stone formations, the views through the arches are stunning. Once you arrive and walk through the arch, you feel somehow absorbed into the limitless sky. Bryce Canyon is a whole different geological wonder. The elevation is over 8,000 feet. And the stone formations in this park remind me of sandcastles. So when I was young, we would often go to the beach on vacation, and my sisters and I would go down to the water's edge. We would fill our pail with water and then scoop in some sand. Perhaps you recall doing the same. And you reach into the bucket and you pull out a glob of wet sand and you let it drip down onto the dry sand, building up a cone shape. That's where my mind goes with these spectacular stone structures in Bryce Canyon. They are sandcastles in blazing color, orangey red spires soaring up into the sky. Many of us feel a connection to the divine in nature. The most powerful experience I have had beyond the beauty of Arches and Bryce Canyon was in the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone River in Yellowstone National Park in Wyoming. And the moment I walked up to the rim of the canyon overlooking the waterfalls, I was overwhelmed by the expansive beauty. And at that moment, there were no words, only awe for the existence and wonder of our Creator. A moment when we are keenly aware that the world is just so much bigger than our individual selves. The majesty of the divine in nature is powerful. The intimacy of the divine in our heartache is life-saving. Jesus is our Savior. Madeline Langle, the beloved author, writes in her poem, First Coming, he did not wait till the world was ready, till men and nations were at peace. He came when the heavens were unsteady and prisoners cried out for release. He did not wait for the perfect time. He came when the need was deep and great. He dined with sinners in all their grime, turned water into wine. He did not wait till hearts were pure. In joy, he came to a tarnished world of sin and doubt. To a world like ours, of anguish, shame, he came, and his light would not go out. Jesus was born into an oppressive society. King Herod the Great was in power, appointed by Rome to rule Judea, Samaria, and Galilee as a police state. He was a murderer, ruthless, and vindictive. 
And in addition, he imposed burdensome taxes on the people, largely boosting the wealth of the rulers. Herod's brutality was a shroud over Jerusalem at the time of Jesus' birth. Jesus entered into our brokenness. Some of our most intimate experiences with the divine are in difficult times. I know this is true for me. Certainly, I experienced some uncertainty and anxiety as I made a turn from a consulting career to parish ministry. And before I even realized I was discerning a change, I had a prescient dream directing me down this new path. In the dream, I was in a storm and trapped in a town where all the streets were flooded. There was no way out. And yet I had this sense of urgency that I needed to find a way out as soon as possible. And for three days, I frantically searched, but all the streets were impassable. And then, on the third day, seemingly suddenly, I found a way out one clear road that would take me out of town, though all the other streets were still flooded. This one way out was now so obvious, I couldn't believe that I hadn't seen it before. Dreams are an avenue of, an ins of inspiration from God. And once I made that aha connection, Jesus' presence during this career transition was comforting. Jesus is with us through uncertainty and anxiety, and Jesus is with us through loss. I cried through the months leading up to my divorce and the months following my divorce, and Jesus' compassion gave me the courage to look to a new day. Jesus is with us through grief. One year ago, I lost a dear friend to cancer. My last visit with her, one week before her death, was both beautiful and heartrending. And that night, I woke up at 3.30 in the morning, and I was filled with God's presence, and somehow my friend was there with us. And I experienced perfect love perfect peace. Jesus was born into an oppressive society, into heartache. He came into our brokenness and lived fully in his humanness. He gets us. He lived our emotions. And he continues to enter into our brokenness with empathy, for the human condition. What is your sadness? With compassion and unceasing love, Jesus enters into our heartache, and he journeys with us through the healing process. He comforts and gives us the courage to see a new day. On the night of Jesus' birth, an angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds in the fields, keeping watch over their flock. The angel said to them, 
do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. Good news of great joy. Our Savior is come. Jesus shepherds us through all of life, helping us to endure and thrive. And so we give thanks by loving as we are loved. Through our healing, we are able to care for and enrich the lives of others. Creation is inherently revealing God through the grandeur of nature and the intimacy of relationships. We are forever companioned, forever loved, and with God's grace, forever loving. And so we come before the Christ child in wonder of the divine love, and we sing out, joy to the world, the Lord is come. In her poem, First Coming, Madeline Langwell concludes, we cannot wait till the world is sane to raise our songs with joyful voice, for to share our grief, to touch our pain, he came with love. Rejoice, rejoice. <laughs>